listeners to the Radical Life Support podcast series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. We are so glad you're joining us today. As always, we start with our quote from A.W. Tozier. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Studying the attributes of God radically expanded my view of God, and I pray it expands your view of God too. Today we're going to talk about the letter S. God is sovereign. In the dictionary, sovereign means supreme ruler, possessing supreme or ultimate power, possessing royal power or status, acting independently and without outside interference. Let's consider all of God's other attributes as we explore how he is sovereign in this way. First, he is creator of the entire universe. He put it all together, so only he is all-knowing about everything in it. To say that anything is unknown to God, then he could not have created it and could not rule over everything completely and supremely. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He has all the information he needs to rule it at any time. Since he's all-knowing, there can be no unforeseen circumstances, no accidents. He is omnipresent, so he knows what is going on at all times and everywhere in the world, even in the secret places. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, and unlimited, so he never lacks the ability, resources, or strength to work and move and reign. He is all-sufficient to achieve what he chooses to do. He has infinite wisdom, so he knows exactly what to do in any given situation and how to implement it perfectly. All the universe and everything in it belongs to God. He can't reign over something that isn't his. He doesn't need permission to do anything. He is the highest authority. You can't usurp his authority, and there's no breakdown in authority. He can give authority to people, but it comes from him. As God exercises his sovereign will, it is always in keeping with his promises. He is unchanging, so whatever he does is consistent with his divine nature. A.W. Tozier states that his sovereignty requires that he be absolutely free, which means simply that he must be free to do whatever he wills to do anywhere at any time to carry out his eternal purposes and every single detail without interference. Were he less than free, he must be less than sovereign. Only God is free. God is said to be absolutely free because no one and no thing can hinder him or compel him or stop him. He is able to do as he pleases always, everywhere, forever. God's sovereignty is consistent and in agreement with all of his other attributes. His sovereignty is almighty, eternal, good, gracious, holy, infinite, just, kind, loving, merciful, new, righteous, and trustworthy. All of his perfect and pure attributes are in place as God reigns over the world and implements his plans, and that should give us great comfort. Let's reveal God as sovereign through the word, through creation, through Jesus, and in our hearts. How does God reveal himself as sovereign through the word? There are many verses where God reveals himself as sovereign and Lord of all. In Daniel 4, it says, The Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. Jeremiah 32:17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. 
Ezekiel 12:28. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, None of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the Sovereign Lord. Isaiah 40:10. The Sovereign Lord comes with power, and His arm rules for Him. Deuteronomy 3:24. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? 2 Samuel 7.22 How great are you, Sovereign Lord! There is no one like you, and there is no God but you. Isaiah 25.7-8 The Sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, Surely this is our Sovereign God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. And there are other verses that speak of his reign, kingdom, and his rule from his throne, such as... He is the King of glory. His sovereignty is holy and true. God is seated on his heavenly throne. His throne was established long ago from all eternity. The Lord will reign forever and ever. He has an eternal and everlasting kingdom. God reigns over the nations and over all the kingdoms of the earth. God is King of all those in authority. He reigns in righteousness. Justice will be the scepter of his kingdom. If you are oppressed... The Bible says, let the earth be glad that the Lord reigns. They should be glad because justice will be served for you. Maybe not in this lifetime, but it will be served. But if you are the oppressor and the rebellious, the Bible says, let the nations tremble for the Lord reigns because justice will be served for you too. Now, how does God reveal himself as sovereign through creation? When I think of sovereignty in creation, I think of earthly kings and royalty. I think of palaces, thrones, gold, jewels, robes, and crowns. I believe God shows us his perfect sovereignty against and in comparison to broken, failing, unjust, oppressive, power-hungry, wicked, and in some cases murderous earthly leaders and governments in the world's history. God demonstrated this comparison many times in the Old Testament. After God led his own people out of slavery in Egypt to freedom, he said he would be their leader, but they rejected him and his laws to govern them. He eventually led them to the land that he promised in Canaan, and they went through the years of judges. But after that, God was heartbroken when the people no longer wanted God to rule their nation. They wanted an earthly king like the other nations around them. He warned them that earthly kings would tax them, take their land and possessions, and some would rule wickedly and lead them away from God, but they insisted. So they gave them their request, and they lived with the consequences. They ended up having more evil kings than good kings, and it turned out just the way God said. They learned the hard way. Eventually, they were so far from God's ways that he had them captured by Babylon and sent them to exile. While in exile, Daniel speaks to King Nebuchadnezzar's son in Daniel 5 and says, Your Majesty, the Most High God gave your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, gave him sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and the people of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when the king's heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was disposed from his royal throne by God and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. 
He lived with wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven. Until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. In Romans 13.1, it tells us, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God gave King Nebuchadnezzar the authority to bring the Israelites into exile. He got prideful and thought it was his own doing, and it got him into trouble. God is not pleased when anyone takes credit for doing what he has done. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar had a wrong view of God initially, and then had to readjust, and he got a right view of God. He learned the hard way that God is the Most High Sovereign God. Listen to this prophecy spoken before the exile, Jeremiah 29, 10-11. This is what the Lord says, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The fact that after seventy years God kept his promise to bring the Israelites back to Jerusalem emphasizes his sovereign rule over the world. He told the Israelites his plan, and every part of his plan came to be. How can God say he's going to do something that big and that it all happens perfectly? Do you realize how much had to take place in order for all of that to happen? Only a sovereign God who has ultimate power, knowledge, and authority over everything can make incredible claims and promises and bring them to pass just as he said he would. The Bible shows God's plan for the entire history of the earth. It is all laid out from beginning to end, and you can be assured that all of it will happen just as it says. Think of all the prophecies in the Old Testament for the coming Messiah. Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. They all came to pass. So how does God reveal himself as sovereign through Jesus? In Revelation, it says several things about Jesus. It says Jesus is King of all kings and Lord of all lords. In Revelations, it says that he is King of the ages. At the renewal of all things, the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, which is at the right hand of the throne of God. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the heavenly city, and his servants will serve him. Make no mistake, there is none higher than Jesus in sovereign dominion. That is why God said, If you reject my Son, then you will not live in heaven with me. There is no other person in any other religion that has a higher position with God than Jesus. You cannot enter the kingdom of the sovereign God apart from believing in and following Jesus Christ, his Son. Jesus said, If you reject me, then you reject my Father who sent me. Jesus left his kingly throne in heaven to come and live among the commoners, so to speak. Can you think of any earthly ruler who would do that? Who would give up all the luxury and power of their position for the good and salvation of the people they ruled over? Jesus didn't come with a big royal fanfare, although he deserved it, but was born in a lowly manger, born in human birth, and grew up in the world with all its difficulties and trials and evil surroundings just like us. Jesus knew God's sovereign plan for his life when he came to earth. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Jesus didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom like many of his followers thought. He said his kingdom was not of this world. Jesus came and he died for our sins on the cross. He offered salvation to the whole world by his shed blood that whosoever puts their trust in him will have eternal life. Then he was raised from the dead by the power of God and lives again. He is the only man who ever died whose grave is now empty. The life and death and resurrection of Jesus is a primary example of God's sovereign will being manifested. Satan tried to do everything in his God-given freedom and power to stop Jesus. Jesus came to defeat death, yet it seemed at first that death had defeated him. Satan thought he had defeated Jesus through the final weapon in his arsenal, death. But Jesus defeated death. He rose again, and he brought the greatest life to all mankind. Satan's most potent weapon was completely disarmed. Nothing, nothing can defeat God's good purposes, no matter what happens, no matter what comes to pass, and that proves he's sovereign. And Jesus Christ will be coming again. If God said it, it will happen. Daniel saw in a vision, Daniel 7:13, there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Because of Jesus' humble submission to perfectly obey God's sovereign will and lay down his life for the salvation of the world, God gave him and only him the highest authority and position. Everyone who is born must make a decision about the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. You can either deny his authority and turn away in unbelief, or you can repent of your sins and acknowledge him as your personal Lord and Savior. It is God's sovereign will that you be given the choice to choose between these two paths. There's not another path. And we need to understand the consequences of our decisions. By God's sovereign will, of which there's no appeal, you will either reject his son and face eternal hell or accept his son and receive eternal life. So what is your decision? Have you made this decision? Because in the end, we will all stand before the sovereign throne of God and explain what we have decided about Jesus. It is one thing to believe God rules over the planet, but it is another to let him come in and rule in your heart. Ask yourself, who sits on the throne of your heart? How does God reveal himself as sovereign in our heart? God has a sovereign plan for the world that will not be stopped. Nothing and no one can hinder it. And if his sovereign plans can be completed for Israel and for Jesus, he is certainly not limited in any way to be able to do that for you in your life. God has a good plan for your life, and you need to believe that about him. Martin Isles from the Australian Christian Lobby says, God's plan is never upset, never derailed, never put off course. Nothing that happens in this world and in its history hinders him. God is at work in the world yesterday, today, and in the future. His power over history is great. Even things that are evil, even things that are part of a fallen world like illness, or things that are calculated against God's people will not bring his purpose unstuck. That is the nature of God's sovereignty first and foremost. 
It works despite all of these things. The will of God is always done. All things work to achieve His will despite what those things are. His purposes cannot be stopped. His purpose for His people will be achieved. And it's a bit of a paradox, really, that those type of things can work to bring God's will to pass. Think of Joseph. Evil people could not thwart God's plans for Joseph. Actually, it seemed like the more people tried to do him in, God's plan for Joseph advanced. They couldn't knock him off course. Later in his life, he saw that in a powerful insight. He told his brothers who had sold him into slavery, You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. We may not understand why things happen the way they do, but we can trust in God's righteous sovereignty and that he will bring us to the place we need to be. In Habakkuk 1.5, he was asking God questions before the Israelites went into exile. And God said, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Like Habakkuk, if God told us all that he was going to do right now in the world and in our lives, we probably wouldn't believe it. But we can believe, based on God's word, that God is working it for our good and his glory. We can believe that his sovereignty is just and his plans are perfect. We can decide today that we want to be a part of his plans and the work that he is doing. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have read the Bible, and we know the end of the story. God wins. We can decide to be on the winning side. He calls us to be in partnership with him to accomplish his ways. Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Will you choose today to be a worker for Jesus? Whether you choose to follow his will or not, God's will will continue. It will continue to move undisturbed and unhindered toward the fulfillment of his eternal plans, which he purposed in Christ Jesus before the world began. We do not know all the details of those plans. But he has disclosed enough to give us great hope and a confident assurance of our future. Can we trust in the sovereignty of God like Habakkuk, who prayed in the final chapter of his book, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet... Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And in Habakkuk 3.19 it says, The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Now to the Sovereign King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Living a radical life for Jesus means believing with all your heart that God is sovereign. We're so glad you're listening today, and if you know of anyone who can benefit from hearing about God's wonderful attributes, please share this with your family and friends. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please search for Radical Life Support and subscribe. If you have a question about God in any of our episodes, please email us at rickandrobinmoe at gmail.com. Look for us every Friday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more attributes of God. Next time, we will be talking about the letter T. Talk to you then.